chapter 6, and I'm going to ask Jean to come forward and read us from verse 5, a couple of verses, and then after that, if Des would mind coming forward and bringing us the message, please. Good morning. The reading is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Devotions, what are they? You may hear people talk about, um, I have my devotions in the morning. We have devotions at breakfast. You may hear people say, my devotions were completely messed up when I went away on holidays. What are devotions? Are they an exercise program? Are they a food supplement? Are they a health diet? What are devotions? Let's pray and then we'll come back to the subject. Heavenly Father, speak to us through your word and by your spirit. And challenge us to long for a closer walk with you. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. When I first became a Christian, I joined a young adults group. There were people in their early 20s, and they were all involved with missions and missionaries, and they spoke about OMF, WEC, SIM, SUM, and so on. And they used words that I had no concept of. And I thought, well, apart from the names of the books in the Bible, I have to learn a whole new language here. The group invited me to a euthanasia camp. It was at Mount Tambourine. Everyone was excited about going to this euthanasia camp. And I thought, I don't know what euthanasia has to do with the Christian life, but I'm willing to find out. And because it was an expectation of coming back from the euthanasia camp, I said, okay, I'll go. And so we arrived at the convention center there at Mount Tambourine, and we pulled up in front of this site, and there was a sign there that said, Overseas Missionary Fellowship Youth for Asia Camp. 
And you may have heard um, people talking about having devotions. What are they? You, um, devotions could be a new concept for you. Something mystifying. What happens when people have those devotions? Why have devotions? How do I have devotions? What can I expect from my devotions? So let's start at what are devotions. Some people talk about devotion. Some people talk about having a quiet time with God. Some people may talk about a time of private worship. Some people may talk about um, a spiritual health program. Others may say, or we could describe it as coming away from the world and having quality family time with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's a way to grow closer to God. In Matthew 6, 6, Jesus tells his followers, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. The idea here is to shut out the world and be alone with God. It is a having a one-on-one -on -one time with God. Here is a picture of intimacy, of closeness, even secrecy and confidentiality. It's a means of developing a warmer and closer relationship with God. Cultivating delight in him. It is a time of enjoying fellowship with the Lord Jesus. Training the eye of faith to see more of his glory, understanding more of his gospel and his promises. No? Jump to many. Why do de devotions? Well, the Bible says that God is love. From all eternity, God is love. At the very core of his being, God is love. The very essence of God is love. The Father loved the Son and the Spirit. The Son loved the, Spirit, the Father and the Spirit. The Spirit loved the Father and the Son. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are in a loving relationship from all eternity. Everything else we can say about God are attributes that came after the creation and after the fall of man. But the God of loving relationships is from everlasting. Muslims cannot say that the very essence of God is love. Their central doctrine is Allah is one. What or who did Allah love before creation? The Jehovah Witnesses can't say that at the very core, Jehovah is love. They deny the Trinity. Who or what did Jehovah love before creation? But the self-existing triune God is love from everlasting to everlasting. 
God elected those who are in Christ before the foundation of the world so he could pour out his love upon them and enjoy a loving relationship with them. He is a devotional God. God so loved us that he sent his only begotten son to rescue us from our sins. His devotion to us meant an incomprehensible rupture in the Godhead. When the God the Son carried our sins on the cross, God the Father had to turn his back on him. We will never understand what took place in that rupture in, in the Trinity when Jesus carried our sins on the cross. The Son loved us so much, he was willing to die for us. He was willing to take our sin upon himself and suffer, suffer the wrath of God. He was willing to be forsaken by the Father, to be cursed for our iniquities. Right now, Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, interceding, praying for us. He's having our devotions. And we at the, are at the center of those prayers. He will come back for us because he wants us to be with him for all eternity. God the Spirit so loved us, he wanted us in the loving relationship he enjoys in the Trinity. In love he convicted us of our sin, he moved us and caused us to call upon the name of the Lord for salvation. We were born of the Spirit. We were given a saving understanding of the gospel. By the Spirit of God, we are children of God. We have received the Spirit of Sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The question is, how do we respond to the love of God? How do we glorify God and enjoy him forever? How do we move deeper into a loving relationship with him? Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 tells us, Strive for holiness. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Paul tells Timothy, Train yourself for godliness. He tells the Ephesians 5.1, be imitators of God. Look, there are verses in the Bible that blow my mind. These are some of them. We looked at uh, some of these verses two weeks ago. Paul tells the, the Ephesians in, um, in chapter 4, verse 1, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Well, yes, I'll, I'll try that. What would what, he say again? I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. You mean I'm to live a life worthy of the gospel? Worthy of the Son of God becoming man? Worthy of the Son of Man being nailed to a cross? Worthy 
of the Son of Man rising from the great dead? Worthy of that? Worthy of the gospel? Okay. What's the goal of all this? Verse 13. Until we all attend to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Come on, Paul, come on. Easy now. Let me get this right. You do mean attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Really? To that extent? I love it when the bar is set high. I love it when the bar is set high, when I have to walk underneath it, not when I have to jump it. The goal set before us is to attain the whole measure of the fullness of God. Take heart. God has given us all the tools we need to grow and be more Christ-like, to grow in grace, to grow in holiness, to be mature and complete, not lacking anything, as James says. Paul assures us that we, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the great interior decorator, remodeling our lives. He is the sanctifier that brings about our moral and spiritual transformation. He does this through the word of truth, the prayer of faith, and the fellowship of believers. He does this through the means of growth and grace that we are looking at in this series. Paul instructs us, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purposes. Philippians 2, verse 12 and 13. As we respond to our salvation with a desire to be more Christ-like, the Holy Spirit transforms our moral nature so that we may grow in holiness. As we use the means of growth in grace that we have been looking at, the Holy Spirit brings about changes in our lives. And so we need to rely upon God doing his work in our lives. We have looked at um, devotions. Why have devotions? Let's now look at how to have devotions. You know, there's no rule, there's no formula, there's no checklist that, uh, that we need to tick the boxes. We all spend time in fellowship with God in different ways. And from time to time, we change the way that we do our devotions. We have different needs. We have different time constraints. We are at different levels. What works for one doesn't work for another. The most I can give you is an outline. 
an encouragement to fuel your spiritual growth and help you maintain a close relationship with the Lord. Ideally, spend time with the Lord first thing in the morning, in a quiet place, free from distractions. Jesus tells us, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. Start by asking the Lord to fill you with his Holy Spirit that he may influence and guide you in your devotions. Begin with praise. The Psalms will help you develop a heart of praise. Psalm 48, verse 1. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. Psalm 99, verses 1 to 5. The Lord reigns. He sits enthroned. Great is the Lord. He is exalted over all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. The king is mighty. Exalt the Lord our God and worship his footstool. Psalm 138, verse 1 2. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. I will bow down and praise your name for your love and your faithfulness. The Psalms are full of expressions of the, like these. Let them inspire your praise. You may want to sing to the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. You may have a song in your heart that expresses how you feel. Don't do it with loud trumpets and loud sounding cymbals because it may annoy the neighbors. But sing unto the Lord with all your heart. If that's your thing, you may not like singing. Just rejoice and enjoy him. Be glad in the God of your salvation. At this stage, your Holy Spirit may incline you to read God's word or he may convict you of a sin that you must confess. You may not need no more encouragement from the scriptures. You know what you have done and you know that you need to repent. Deal with the matter right away. When you pray, be assured that through Jesus Christ, you have access to the very throne of God. You can come into the holy of holies, the most holy place, covered in the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. You are holy and blameless in his sight. Yet your cry is, Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. The seriousness of sin can only be gauged by what it took for God to restore us to himself. It took nothing less than for God to become man and humble himself even to death on the cross. Jesus started his public ministry with a call to repentance. Even though we are perfect in Christ, Christians are called to a life of habitual repentance. In confessing our sins, we are reminded of our need of Christ and his gospel. Jesus carried our sins in his body on the cross. It was because of us that he died. 
Repentance is never easy. It's never pleasant. It is difficult for us to admit how vile and desperate our hearts are. Let the Holy Spirit search your heart and bring into light the evil you have entertained. Lay it all before the Lord. Lay it all before the foot of the cross. Just as sin came from our wicked hearts, so repentance must come from our heart whose desire is to love and please God. Once you have confessed your sin, be assured that God has forgiven you completely and comprehensively. It is gone. Finished. If we confess, uh, 1 John chapter 1 verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. God will forgive us and God will purify us. The psalmist asks, how can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? We express our gratitude for, Christ, for all that Christ has done by committing ourselves to holy living, to a life of devotion to him. We express our thankfulness by living with the desire to become more like him, to see him more clearly, to love him more dearly. At this point in your devotions, go to the Bible and read. Here we enter into the realm of the supernatural. The passage you are reading is the word of God. It was given by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It was God-breathed. The human author wrote what he was given by God as he was carried along by the Holy Spirit. It is completely trustworthy. Before you read, pray that the Spirit of God will illuminate the word he himself inspired. Pray with the psalmist. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your word. Pray, Holy Spirit, as you inspire the writing of this passage, illumine my understanding of it. Pray that through the passage you have read, use the passage to inspire your prayers. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Pray also for your church family. Pray for all who are in need. We generally pray for health and well-being, relationships and events, for provision and prosperity. But the greatest need people around us have is to know Jesus Christ as their Savior and to be growing in him. Try this prayer sometimes. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of his Holy Spirit. Romans 15, verse 13. Remember the instructions and the promise Jesus gave. Go into your room 
and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Devotions are not easy. The so-called sweet hour of prayer can be anything but sweet. It can be a struggle. It can be a battle. You're involved in spiritual warfare. The devil will try to disrupt you, to discourage you, to um, um, demean your time with the Lord. He will use all his resources to keep you from growing in grace. Resist him. Strong, stand strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Do not give in. Do not give up. Keep going. Commit yourself to spend time with the Lord. Ask God to help you develop this daily routine. If you go to a Christian bookshop, you will find a whole section on books to help you with devotions. We could look at some of these uh, books later on in the Q&A time. You can even get devotions sent to you to your phone every day. Whatever you do, remember, there is no growth in holiness without a Christ-centered, Christ-seeking, Christ-loving heart. That's what we need to develop. No? Okay, devotions in the Christian life. We have been talking about doing devotions, about making use of the means of growth in grace to achieve greater holiness, about growing in Christ-likeness. Let me make this clear and hear me well. We're not talking about growing in acceptance with God. No matter how long, how devoted, how intense, or sincere, sincere your devotions are, they will never make you more justified, more pardoned, more forgiven, more accepted, more at peace with God than the moment you first believed. Our election, calling, and standing in Christ cannot be increased or diminished no matter what your devotional life is like. What the means of growth in grace will do is give us a clearer and greater acceptance of the gospel. A greater love for God, a deeper sense of our sin. As you grow in your Christian life, your victories over your shortcomings may be great. But your sense of sin grows deeper. Your trouble with sin doesn't lessen, it increases. You grow in your understanding of the enormity of your problem. But with that, your appreciation of the gospel grows. It becomes even more wonderful. It becomes even more glorious you begin to understand what Christ has done for you and the great love that God has for you. 
that he gave his all so that you could be brought in to his forever family. Christian growth means a strong faith, a brighter hope, a more intensive love, and a mindset that is focused on Jesus. You feel Jesus Christ manifesting himself more in your life. You want to know him more, and you want to make him known. You go from strength to strength, and from faith to faith, and from grace to grace. People see in you a change. They see Christ in you. Your witness becomes more powerful. Jesus says, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. As you press into Christ, you may notice God at work in you. You will act according to his good purposes. You believe, you trust in Jesus more, your faith is pinned on him, you repent more and with greater brokenness, Christ becomes all in all for you, you confess your need of him. You seek him above all else. You surrender to his will. You seek holiness. You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You want him to work in you. You want to be under his direction and influence. You want him to sanctify you more. You want to be spiritually refreshed, renewed. You want revival. You want to experience a moral cleansing power of Jesus' blood and a greater celebration of the peace that you have with God. Paul says, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ. You died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So in reality, going to a euthanasia camp is not a bad idea after all. I pray that in Christ we may build, be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, that you for your devotion to us. May we respond by being devoted to you. Help us use a means of growth in grace and godliness so that we may grow to become more Christ-like to your honor, glory, and praise. Amen. All right, guys, we're going to start the Q&A in like one or two minutes. So if you're hanging around, um, feel free to take a seat. Probably helps if you're sitting just like closer up so I can see you and get the mic to you as well if you want to be part of the Q&A. Um, and um, if you're not, then feel free to slip out the back and keep having conversations there.
Now, if you haven't been at the Q&A before, we're using this thing called Slido. You can scan the QR code with your phone, and then you should be able to submit um, anonymous or named uh, identified questions to our uh, panellists up front. Um, and we'll be focusing on our topic of um, devotion today. I'm just going to close these doors. Okay, we can hear now. Cool. All right, guys. Um, I'll just pray for us, and and we'll get get going. Um, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just um, thank you so much, Father, that you um, desire to have a relationship with us, um, that you've made us to have a relationship with you for our good, um, and through that we might see how awesome you are, how good um, the gospel of Christ is and also enjoy all the benefits of being his child, of the peace and joy um, and hope and love that we can have um, through knowing you. So I just ask that um, you got our um, discussion with your spirit, um, and that would be for the blessing of um, each of us in your church and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Um, yep, open to the floor. We don't have... Oh, is there a thing I need to click, Clint, to get that moving, or...? Um, Q&A, then the screen will change. Okay, so we've got no questions at the moment up on Slido, but um, just open to the floor. Any uh, questions about devotion? Um, I just wanted to ask um, if either of you have any practical tips for um, how to kind of keep focused on your personal devotion time because I know like some mornings I'll wake up and just cannot keep focused on a prayer in my mind or drift or um, something like that, like any routine or certain way that you go about your devotion time practically. All right, the question is, um, how can you help to stay focused when you're having devotions? I think that's a really good one. So are you thinking more in terms of routine or actually when you're sitting down, you're struggling to kind of just keep on track? Either or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, experience of both. Um, a couple of things. So I'm sure Des will have some practical tips maybe. For me, I can't have a phone or an iPad or anything. I, I try and get that right out when I'm doing spending time with God. Um, so paper Bible, it doesn't ping, it doesn't give little red dots with numbers in it or anything. It's, you know, that's all out. Another very helpful thing can be um, if you find yourself distracted while you're having your devotions, I heard someone say, get a notepad. And every time you get a, some other kind of crazy thought going, oh, I need to buy that from shops today, just write it down, put it to one side and keep focused. Um, write down your prayers, that's another way of doing things maybe. Um, I think in terms of the habit... It's one of those things you just got to do it until until it sticks. That's the one thing I've found um, last few years. Just like really putting in a good habit, then I feel it feels odd not to do it rather than odd to do it. You got to kind of get to that point. It's like going to the gym, I guess. That kind of way. Des, do you want to? Yeah, uh, there's a problem that sometimes your mind starts wandering when you're not a distraction from outside, but just your mind starts thinking about other things. And that's a problem. And sometimes we just have to break through that. Sometimes it helps to pray aloud, you know, so your mind doesn't wander. In the... 
And sometimes the wandering of the mind, I mean, I, I've experienced that, that this morning. Sometimes the wandering, the wandering of the mind um, is good because the Lord is directing you in your prayers as well. Sorry, just one, Des is reminding me, a very obvious one is to pray about the distraction as well. I keep forgetting that we should actually probably ask God about those things too. And, you know, great question though. Is that, does that help? Yep. Okay, great. Thanks for that question. Any uh, other questions we got? Uh, okay, Mark. Oh, Mark's graciously given it to Chris. More of a comment than a prayer, uh, than a, a question. Sometimes listening to the Bible being read to you helps you to really focus, and it'll be a little spike in your devotional time. Thanks, Chris. Uh, we'll go to Mark, and then we'll go to the one um, on the board. Thanks, Ben. I was just trying to fill in a, a gap in silence in the, in the group. I think I want to make a point and then just throw it open for a response. And the point I want to make is, although devotions slash quiet times are a vital part of Christian growth, it's a mistake to treat them in isolation. We're not meant to be individuals. We're meant to be part of the body, part of a fellowship. And so the thing that I'd open for discussion is the relationship with, say, home groups or fellowship with others, because quite often the two feed off each other. Uh, if you're in a home group and you have a really good discussion and a prayer time, that feeds into your own devotions, and vice versa. So I'll just throw that point out there, that I, I think we've got to be careful not to separate the two and say, you know, this is my preferred method, not that one. We have been looking at the means of growth in grace and we are looking at many of, of these aspects and one of them was a church, wasn't it? And so the, we need the fellowship of all believers. We need the ministry of all believers. So uh, the quiet time is just a time of personal uh, of worship, a, per, a time of personal um, prayer and and instruction, if you like, but we, we certainly need the the body. We certainly need uh, to to meet with others in our home groups or even in church, as we're doing this morning. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll pick up on your comment again, Mark. I think it's a good one because maybe one of the reasons why we find devotions hard is because it is kind of every man for themselves. But, you know, ask ourselves the question, who are we talking to about what we read and pray about? You know, are we having, does that form part of our conversation or is that kind of just, you know, my private life and it's going well, it's going badly, no one really knows, no one really cares. But is it part of the discussions we have at, at home groups? You know, this, does it feed our conversations? I think it's a really good point, actually. It is, it's a dynamic kind of thing, organic thing. Yep. Great. We'll go to the question on the board here uh, for Des. Any comments or wisdom about devotional guides to use or to avoid? There's, if you go to the bookshop, you'll find all kind of manner of devotional material that would help you. And, um, oh, I have some here.
and Des came prepared. Okay. You have uh, one that I'm missing. Oh, missing one. Thank you. Look, um, for example, we get this um, our daily bread sent to us in the mail. And you could subscribe to something like that, and you can go through books of the Bible uh, using uh, daily bread. And so you have your, your Bible reading, your, your devotion there. No, you, the Bible is not here. You have to uh, read your Bible, and then you have a devotional thing, and then you have prayers and notes that you can take. So that's one way. The other one is the... Um, the daily Bible reading. In this book, you have the Bible, you've got the, 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 the questions, you've got the whole thing in one book. But I don't think they're publishing these anymore. You still can get them. You still, you still can get them. Yeah. You, if you want the early ones, you, you may not be able to get them. You have to get them online. But there are, there are many things that you can use to um, stimulate your thinking, your prayer life, your Bible reading, your understanding of the Word of God, and, um, yeah, and if you go to, to a bookshop, you'll find heaps of stuff. Uh, I use that little book. Um, it's um, Praying for Your Church. Now, these, these have um, praying, praying for the people you love, praying for the world, praying for your heart. And basically, there's a passage of the Bible, and then there are prayers based on that passage of the Bible. Um, yeah. In this one for the church, it goes all sorts of things. You know, I could read the thing, but it, it, it prays for everybody in the church, basically. But these are little things that you stimulate your thinking, stimulate your, your prayer life, stimulate the, 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 your vision as to, um, as to what to pray for. Thanks, Des. Any, uh, any ones on your radar that you thought were horrible and you absolutely do not recommend people uh, pick up? These are my own prayer devotions. <laughs> so I wouldn't trust it. No, trust it completely because this is just Bible verses that I have put together. For example, this is Psalms. This is all my favorite, not my favorite Psalms, favorite verses in Psalms, for example. And I have another one of all my favorite verses in the New Testament, for example. Yeah. You know, and uh, so this is my Reader's Digest <laughs> uh, of the Bible. So uh, when I feel, I go there and then I get my, you know, the things that charm me most of like, <laughs> in, in the Bible. Um, so if you want a compilation of the Des' greatest hits from the Bible, then just approach Desi and give you a copy uh, for your devotional life. I'm sure that'll be these beneficial. Are, these are mine, okay? Uh, you, you may read the Bible, so really? Good. Is that exciting? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of person is he, you know? Um, we've got another anonymous question here. Any tips for having devotion times of family with kids? And how do you create a positive attitude towards devotions rather than enforcing it? It's a hard one. 
Uh, I don't think there's one, one size fits all. I know what's, what's worked for us as a family. Every time we've tried to do a kind of Bible study, you know, Q&A kind of thing or a catechism, it just hasn't worked. That's been painful, both thing for us and for the kids. What has always worked are Bible stories. And I think we must remember the Bible's written as a story. Uh, I think there's a reason behind that. Um, so using good um, kids' Bibles and actually reading the stories of the Bible. Our kids can't wait to read the next one every night. And so it leads naturally into prayer at the end of that. There's a few really good ones. There's a few good ones on the library shelf as well. So that's what we do. Read Bible stories and pray off the back of the stories. I don't know. What, what did you guys do as a family does? Yeah. We had four sons, and there's 10 years between the eldest and the youngest. So, you know, that, that, that is a bit of a problem. Um, we homeschool, so a lot of the Bible teaching took place in the homeschool situation. Um, yeah, but uh, as, as I agree with, with uh, Clint, it's a hard one. And uh, sometimes reading a child's children's Bible may be one of the best ways to go. And a simple prayer. Just come, came to mind um, what Moses says in Deuteronomy 7. Um, he's, he's kind of recounting what's happened as they prepare to go into the promised land. And it talks about, actually, is it 7 or 4? Or 6? I've lost it now. Desna is the one I'm looking for. But talking about God's word with your... Ah, there we go. This is an Israelite creed. Everyone had to learn this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your words and uh, your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign in your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And it talks a little bit later about how, you know, when your son asks you in time to come, what's the meaning of the testimonies and statutes and rules? Then you can tell them the story of God's rescue in Egypt. And I think what that reminds us is that our lives have got to be, our family lives have got to be shot through with living for Jesus. It, it's not going to work, whatever you try and do, if you're living like everyone else and you, you know, you're constantly bickering and you know, at one another's throats and everything, and they say, right, kids, it's time to sit down and read the Bible. Um, it, kids can spot that kind of dissonance. So it's got to be part of who we are. It's got to be a natural part of our family life together. God's, God's Word's got to be in there. Chris, yeah, Chris was just saying, um, if you didn't hear it, that um, they spend time with their kids in the morning before the day started, and the kids really actually enjoy that time, set them up for the day. Um, yeah, for myself personally, uh, with the Bibles, we found um, some are terrible. The kids' Bibles are just like, you're just going, oh, this is horrible, painful for you to read. Um, and some of them are pretty good, and um, Atticus really enjoys it, and he's constantly integrating what he's learning from that into everything in his life and it's quite uh, yeah it's encouraging to see that um okay great brenda we'll go happy birthday as well 
just like to share some really good advice that I was given at a homeschool conference um, a couple of decades ago when I started homeschooling our boys, leading on from what you were saying, Des. Um, I was given advice to do Bible reading circle with the children. So we got the same translation, each with our own copy, and we'd sit in a circle and we'd read um, about five verses each and reading through the books of the Bible. And I said to these mums who had about ten children each, um, where do you start? (laughs) And they said, start at the beginning. So um, each morning we would spend, we'd read a chapter, but the questions and the dialogue, um, the hunger um, to to understand these verses, the conversations um, were amazing. Highlight of my life, really. Um, So I highly recommend Bible Reading Circle, um, reading, reading through the scripture with your children. Thanks, Brenda. All right, guys, we might just have uh, one or two more questions. Does anyone else have any um, questions on their mind about this topic? Okay. All right, great. We'll just finish up with Brad then. Thanks. Sorry, it's just another thing to share. Um, There's lots of stories that are Bible-based with morals in them and stuff like that, and... um, we do the Bible thing too, but also stories that were moralistic. You know, there's Brew the Bear was one from my era, <laughs> but that, that was quite good. And um, yeah, they were just learning a lot uh, just through Bible stories, as you say. I'll just iterate that. Another comment about devotions and, and, and home groups and things. Um, also, um, your wife, you know. Uh, your wife is your, your soulmate through um, life. And um, if you have a genuine relationship with God and, and sharing in through that, um, the kids see that as well. And um, I had an incident with my grandkids. They peeked around the corner at 6.30 in the morning, a bit like what um, um, Chris was saying, um, and came and had a pray with us in the morning. So it was just nice. They saw us doing it. And so you just live it, is basically. It's just what you were saying. You know, you've got to be real with your experience. And yeah, uh, just to uh, encourage you, this morning I met a man in, who came to church today. He was going to another fellowship, and he said, "I couldn't stay, stand it any longer." The gospel was not preached, he says. I heard a sermon this morning that was preached from the gospel, and he's probably going to come and join us. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, encouragement for this. <laughs> um, and uh, any final, you know, last comments uh, from the uh, either of you two on this topic? Just as, as an encouragement for everyone who finds personal devotions hard, I think um, Isaiah 55 is a, is a great encouragement, certainly to me and hopefully to you as well. Uh, Isaiah 55, 10 and 11, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven 
Do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, and it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth in peace. And the song kind of goes on from there. But just a great reminder that, you know, just do it. Just open your Bible. God's, God's Word is amazing. It's not like any other book. God's Word actually does its work as we read it. His Spirit does incredible things, no matter how, you know, it's, it's about the quality rather than the quantity. Read a verse, read a psalm, read something, and see what the Lord might do with that. Um, sometimes it's just taking that first step, and he'll, he'll do amazing things. Just remember what he did with, um, you know, two fish and five pieces of bread. Um, he's, he's like that. So, encouragement, just, just do it. Just do something and see what God does with it. We must trust in what the Lord is doing in our lives. Trust in him. He's promised that he's going to transform us. So, let's... Let's flow in the stream. Let's stand in, in the stream of what God is doing, and he will do it. Great. Thanks, guys. I'll um, close in prayer. Now we'll wrap up. Uh, dearly Father, Lord, um, help us reflect on these, uh, these truths that you've revealed to us in your word um, today um, and how also we might apply it to our lives, Father, uh, that we might put ourselves in the way of, of your grace and your work in our lives um, and experience that um, help us to really desire that time and relationship with you um, as you care for us, as you grow us, um, both individually and together as a, as a body. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.